Thank you for plugging into this Family Life News podcast, streaming issues-driven, family-focused news. Welcome back to another edition of Issues in Education. Mondays during the Noon Report, we spotlight the issues impacting our schools with Dr. Ralph Kerr at the Teaching and Learning Institute in Houghton, New York. Ralph, we are going to start out of the gates with a good one this week. The New York State Public High School Athletic Association. It's just instituted a new three strikes and you're out policy for unruly fans. This is for all sporting events at all districts statewide. How would this policy work? And are you a fan of the action that Albany is taking here? Well, I'm a fan of the action, that's for sure, because fans need to behave themselves. The way it works is that if you are kicked out of a game, then you're automatically suspended. You can't attend the next game. And if it happens three times, you're out for the season and the playoffs. Gotcha. And I, I think it's a good thing. All right. Well, let's hope the behavior will change. It's got to. We can't get umpires. We can't get referees. Hey, the cell phone in school debate is alive and well. There was a district in New Jersey, just a tragic story. It's actually banned cell phones in the classroom after a 14-year-old committed suicide. Apparently, some students beat this kid up and then put that on social media. Can't imagine that kind of depravity. But, Ralph, it begs the question about what role do these devices have in our schools anyway. And I know a lot of teachers have a lot of opinions about this. Why do we tolerate cell phones in school, Ralph? From your question, uh, it infers to me that you're not in favor of having cell phones. I'll be really controversial on this one and say that I think cell phones have a place in school. Lots of creative teachers are using cell phones in the classroom with their students. They're using it for research and for instruction. On the other hand, the simpler answer is just to lock them up. But I know that you'll get a lot of pushback from parents on that because they think that they do have emergency use, which of course is true also. And then, you know, we talked a lot about a lot of issues on this show, but this might be a first. The length of the school lunch line. Uh, there was a study in Education Week that said teenagers are not getting enough time to eat their lunch in the cafeteria. I don't know how much time you need to eat lunch, Ralph, but do you agree that that's true? And if it is, what can we do about it? Well, this is a really significant issue. The teachers are concerned about that. The American Academy of Pediatrics recommends students get at least 20 minutes for lunch. Unfortunately, lunch lines are taking longer to go through, and part of that is because more and more students are using either free or reduced lunch. And for some students, it's the main meal that they get all day. But I think there are some things that schools can do. You could not have one single lunch period where everybody in the building, and in smaller districts, that's what happens. Everybody goes to lunch at the same time. But if you start to move away from the single lunch period, then you're worried about, was it okay for some students to be eating lunch at 10.30 in the morning or at 1.30 in the afternoon? The other thing that I would say is teachers in the survey that you cited, some of them want uh, lunch periods to uh, be increased to up to 50 minutes. And uh, while I wouldn't be opposed to that, I guess my question would be, where does that extra time come from? Are teachers willing to uh, lengthen 
in the school day in order to accommodate an extra half hour for lunch? Or are we going to end up reducing the teaching time, which I am adamantly opposed to? We don't have enough time as it is now in terms of the academics. Yeah, and that might be why in Pennsylvania, there was a, a bill last week, House Bill 1507, which would allow superintendents to decide whether the school year is 180 days or 990 hours. And if you do the math, that's 180 days. So the question would be, why does it matter hours over days? That might be related to what you're just talking about there, Ralph. Well, it could be, or it also could be a move towards, uh, which we talked about last week, the four-day school week. Because Ah, if you lengthen the number of hours, then you could do it in four days rather than uh, five a week, which would shorten the week, but certainly give you the same number of hours. That's going to be really controversial, although it's good that the uh, legislature in Pennsylvania is at least willing to be a little bit creative in terms of giving superintendents and boards of education various options in terms of the school instead of saying this is the way it is and that's the only way it can be. All right. Well, hey, we've been a lot of places this week, uh, but if you have any questions about any of these issues discussed today, Ralph, or if you want to know what is the Teaching and Learning Institute anyway, there's information online. Where can they find you, sir? Bob, great to be with you again today. And people that have those interests you just described can simply go to whyrun.org, whyrun.org. 